Hello and welcome to the 55-1 Podcast. My name is Wes Verdine and I've got Alex Schieferdecker in Philadelphia on the phone with me. How are you, Alex? I'm doing well. How about you? Uh, I, I just had a short weekend in uh, in Texas and so I just got back today. I'm kind of, uh, you know, low on energy uh, from... Family stuff, and then like traveling with two twins on the airplane is 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 a lot. So I'm I'm uh, I'm gonna make it, uh, but I wanted to at least get a short podcast in. We're we're doing kind of the abridged version tonight, you and me. Just cut. We boiled everything down, cut out all those other people, and just you and me <laughs> talking dirty on basically three subjects. So how's that sound? Sounds good. Um, uh, before we, we go to the music, I will, I just want to make a little plug the dark clouds. We're recording on a Monday. Some, a lot of people listen to this on Tuesday. So Tuesday night, seven to nine, uh, at Lake monster, the dark clouds are having the end of the year party. There's like auction, all these things that are being auctioned off. I think Carl Craig donated like an entire box of all of his Minnesota United gear. So, uh, if you are Carl Craig ish size, then you should go um we have a guest spot on this podcast uh, uh that someone uh will bid on and uh and i think there's going to be a copy of the 2015 complete darkness that you can bid on uh if you want to relive our last season in uh, uh no not our last season in asl our second to last season yeah so anyway the good one the good season yeah sure yep um so uh let's do this we'll start with music and we'll come back in and, and we'll start to hit uh all the points Welcome back to the 551 podcast. Uh, we, we've got like, uh, l- let's start with just a little thought that I had. Uh, and this is because last week was so crazy in uh, soccer. I mean, we're talking, we're still recovering from the U.S. men's national team loss. Uh, Eric Winalda is now running for uh, U.S. Uh, soccer Federation president. Um, we have, uh, let's see, we don't know who our man, uh, U.S. manager is. Uh, NASL and uh, U.S. soccer lawsuit stuff. There's been so many documents dumped that I haven't even had a chance to read more than the first pages. Uh, it, it is crazy. And then lost in all of that was um, this little bit that I, I, I'm honestly just throwing this out here to you, Alex. See if you know anything and then other people. I'm going to be researching it this week. But USL teams and these reserve teams, it sounds like a couple of them... Uh, they said at first Sounders and the Union, but then those were, were were kind of thrown out. But that some of these teams, like uh, up to six uh, MLS two sides, are going to be just jettisoned. Um, and I think it might be like Swope Park Rangers and that. That's a big deal, right? Why is that? Why has that not been anywhere? Well, I think obviously it's. You know, this it's being drowned out by all this other crazy news that's that's going around. But I don't know anything about it either. I I, I did see that get reported, and you know, I thought, huh, and then you know, moved on to freaking about something else. Um, I, 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 it's it's difficult to say, right? 
I wonder if part of it is that USL is is trying to sort of meet Division Two requirements in some way, and that these reserve teams don't let them do that. Um, I think it's also that the clearly are teams that aren't seeing value out of these reserve teams. I'm not sure what the value of these reserve teams has been. Um, it, it probably hasn't been long enough uh, for these teams to really prove their value. But even then, you know, even if a, even a successful reserve team has got to produce like one or two or three players for the main team, you know, I think about like L.A., who this year put a lot of faith in the guys that had been playing with uh, Los Dos for the last couple of years. And they really uh, like, were terrible. I mean, L.A. are holding the wooden spoon now, you know. So, yeah. Well, I'm, uh, so here, here, here's if I get a chance to research this and write this by the end of the week. Here are my main, yep. main, my main points. One is you have a league losing multiple teams in one year, which if this were happening in, in NASL – I mean, I know that they're not uh, like independent teams, and so they don't have their fan bases or whatever. But you still have teams just disappearing, and that that is like legit, right? And then the other more important part is that um, <coughs> U.S. soccer is in crisis right now. One of the things we're talking about is we are not developing players well enough, right? Uh, one of the ways that we do that. Of you know the Tyler Adams way, right? For for uh, New York Red Bulls and who's the other guy now currently playing, starting for the young guy. I'm blanking. Uh, Sean Davis uh, played with them. Yeah, um, um, he might be Alex Mule. I think came through that as well. So you have you have Brandon the, Allen, the amazing invisible Brandon Allen. Yeah, he got ten minutes for us. So, uh, you know, you have you have an actual way for eighteen. To, or in, in Tyler Adams' case, 16 to uh, 22-year-olds to get professional minutes. That, that, that is real. And you can't quite do that the same if you have an affiliate, right? You can send a 16-year-old, or you're not going to send a 16-year-old to, you know, for us it would be, I guess, Pittsburgh. You know, and, and that team has no obligation to play them. Um, so I do think that this is a big deal, right? This affects something larger than just like, you know, teams that have no dedicated fan base. So I don't know. I don't want to dwell on it, but it's on my mind and it's crazy. No one is talking about it. Um, and one of the reasons no one's talking about it is item number two, the Columbus crew. And so why don't you take us through the prehistory of, of this? What, what happened with the Columbus crew last week that was so effing crazy? Well, I guess this all goes this goes back to the beginning. I mean, the crew are the first, the quote-unquote first team in MLS. Um, but as the state of Delaware will tell you, being first doesn't necessarily get you fame and attention. Uh, so I think the crew have always been, you know, Columbus is not a major market. And so the crew have always been sort of middling along. And, you know, they've been under Hunt ownership for a long time, Lamar Hunt and then his, his children. Um, and then... In 2013, they were bought by Anthony Precourt, a.k.a. Tony Aces, who's a Californian venture capitalist. Wait, hold on. Um, hold on. And he seemed to... Is Tony Aces a real nickname? Like, did you just make that up? No, that's his real nickname. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. 
I'm sorry. Keep going. Um, he buys the team, and he and he seems to bring a lot of sort of life and attention to a team that really has been ignored for a while. He made some investments in their stadium. Um, he changed the logo away from that sort of beloved, very goofy three men in hard hats. Um, and that, you know, it seemed to be pretty positive. He brought in Greg Burhalter. They had a lot of success. They hosted the MLS Cup and, and lost it because the, the linesman was blind and missed a Portland goal that should not have counted. Um, I, you know, and then they seem to be sort of really on the up. And even though their attendance has still been sort of MLS 1.0, like, you know, original team middling attendance, they did seem to have their act together. So anyway, fast forward to last Tuesday. We have finished recording last Monday. I'm sorry. We finished recording the podcast. Uh, you know, what could what could possibly go wrong? What could possibly break that we need to talk about? And then Grant Walt puts out a tweet saying Columbus crew are thinking of moving to Austin, Austin, Texas. Story coming out soon. And poof, all hell broke loose in the U.S. soccer world. Yeah, so the, the last week, I mean, that that news has to be one of the biggest stories in MLS uh, in, in to, to break in the last few years, it feels like. It, because it, what happened is, uh, you know, unprecedented in that when... Uh, San Jose earthquakes were picked up and moved to Houston. It was uh, it was always seen as kind of a temporary thing. Um, <clears throat> MLS was in a much different place, and now this kind of threat to move uh, to move the crew was just a different beast, right? And so last week I wrote that piece that that kind of made the case that said um, this is you know a profound break in the trust between uh, soccer fans and the owners. And, uh, you know, I, w- I won't rehash that article. If people have not read it, they can go back and see that. Um, I called in it, uh, I called uh, Anthony Precourt a common pimp. And I know you and I fought for a long time, way longer than, uh, <laughs> than seems normal, over whether I should have kept the original line that was calling him a, that just said Anthony Precourt is a liar, a weasel, and a pimp. But... I thought that, you know, I thought that this was a little bit more, you know, on, on solid ground. But I, I mean, this is I, legitimately I was angry. And I think I think a lot of people around the league were legitimately angry. Um, if this happens, the, I, I do think it fundamentally changes the way I look at my own soccer team. Not that I think I, I don't think uh, Minnesota United at all or are, are you know, with a brand new stadium, et cetera, in danger of leaving. But I do think there is always now a threat in my mind that 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 uh, kind of uh, relationship that is like a fundamental trust of uh, we do a lot of free labor and crazy stuff and you don't abuse that, you know, th- that kind of relationship mm-hmm. that I talk about in the piece that I, I do think that I'm a little bit more like, what the hell am I doing this for? I don't know. It it really it legitimately made me angry and and worried. I I agree with you, and I, I put out a piece uh, so on today on on Monday, um, 
that was sort of, I guess, a follow-up to what you had written. And I just, I just tried to drill down on a pretty specific issue. And, and I won't, you know, rehash this, this piece too, but the, the problem I think is that MLS wants its fans to be more than just fans. And they want people to believe in the clubs more than just like the local baseball or basketball or hockey or football team. You know, you have super fans in any sport, but MLS really wants to emphasize and, and has emphasized in their marketing and in their social media, in the media they put out on in video form. They really emphasize the sort of, quote unquote, authenticity you know, of the connection between the club and the city, the club and the city. The club represents, you know, where you're from. And that has a lot of meaning when you consider the history of soccer, which is very long, and the connection and, and the meaning that, that teams across the world with longer standing leagues, you know, the, the, that these teams have with their communities. I mean, you know, Arsenal comes from the Woolwich Arsenal, right? I mean, these were people who worked at a spot. They founded a team. It stuck around in that spot for decades. MLS, everyone knows is younger, but MLS wants that same connection to, you know, to build over time. And I think that to move a team, I know it's common in American sports, but it's, I did hope and thought, and I still hope that MLS will be different. I hope that this will not happen. And I hope that MLS will recognize that the thing to emulate is the connection that fans have with their teams overseas, not the connection that owners have with their money in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. It's... It is a very bizarre situation. I can tell you um, two two observations I have. One is I do not think that this is a done deal um, moving to Austin. A, uh, Austin, the mayor there has been like, uh, yeah, I mean, MLS would be all right, but we're, you know, not that interested. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I do know that it's not a done deal. Um, the second part is... Uh, that I think that there has been a lot of pushback against this and not just from guys like me, not just from fans, etc. I think that there is a legitimate, uh, other, other owners, other stakeholders in MLS looking around and going, this guy's an asshole, uh, pre-court specifically. I, I think that they, people know that this is make, this is a stupid move. Austin isn't that great of an idea. Uh, you are making us just look stupid. Uh, and if you can't make your team make money in Columbus, then that's your fault, right? I mean, make your stadium better. Do better marketing. I mean, don't don't freaking blame it on on Columbus as a, a market. Because look at Salt Lake City, right? Uh, I, I mean, they're much smaller than you. Uh, yeah. So I, I think that I think that uh, pre court uh, is is basically. Uh, has pissed off a lot of people. I mean, even look at Alexi Lawless saying something like um, criticizing him for uh, not giving back uh, refunds uh, for uh, season yeah. ticket holders. Um, you know, Alexi, we all know, is is a 
a contrarian. And so when he sees people mad at uh, pre-court, and you talk about this in your piece, he's going to do the, oh, well, it's all just business things. But when you see like a guy like Alexi go, whoa, this guy's being an ass here. I mean, that is a, that's a good sign of how people are kind of responding to, to this. And you can see a lot of those those media guys um, trying to think of, of who the other ones I, I saw do this. But, you know, Twelman, I think, as well, a lot of them go like, man, this guy's a douchebag. So anything else on the, the, the crew? Yeah. Any, any other final notes? <laughs> well, just to back up what you said, basically, I mean, it, it's pretty clear that, I think I tweeted this, but the, like there has not been a, public relations professional anywhere near MLS headquarters in like this past week. I mean, they didn't have a plan for when this news broke. The crew didn't have a plan. MLS didn't have a plan. And there's so many questions about like when this broke, I thought, well, you know, we we can make a lot lot of noise and make and be really angry about this, but it's definitely going to happen. Since then it's come out, you know, they don't have a, they don't have a site in Austin. They've barely talked to people in Austin. Right. You know, and and like people in, you know, in Columbus, people are, are making bids for the team. Uh, fans, I think they expected fans in Columbus to be angry, of course, but I don't think they expected fans everywhere else to be angry. I don't think they they understood what, what you explained at the beginning, which is basically that that fans, we're all pretty insecure about the, the health of the soccer thing and the success of the soccer thing in Minnesota. I mean, we're not too far away from, from almost losing our team uh, twice, really. <laughs> I mean, and every year every, for yeah, every how many stadium years? is 20 years old sometime, you know, every stadium gets old. Every stadium doesn't have the newest features once the newest features comes out. And, you know, not every owner sticks around for for all time not every owner passes on the team to their kids who have the same relationship with the city that kind of thing you're always vulnerable and if we allow this just if if fans and supporters and the league allows this relocation to be normalized i do think something pretty powerful is lost and it could happen to anyone i mean it really could happen to anyone yeah, I, I I guess we we could go on and on all day, but but the the point about we, are, we already M- have in print, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah, MLS MLS and crew not thinking this through. I I I was the same same way as you. I mean, I just assumed if they're doing this and they're, if they're saying something about it, then they're doing it. But then you look at it, and it's like, well, what did you expect? What did you expect that press conference to accomplish? Right? Um, you you already you just you just told your wife that you're sleeping with this other woman and then you're like realizing that the other woman, you know, isn't really that interested in you. It was, you know, she actually, and you're going to have to yeah. like stick around the house for another year. Yeah. Basically you passed to that other woman, a note saying, want to do it and didn't even get a response back yet. So anyway, it, it just like, it, what was their plan? And it, it makes no sense having no plan like that. Um, I, I sincerely think that the crew people should start, the supporters should start reaching out to um, NISA and get the business people who wanted to buy the team re- reaching out to Peter Wilt's NISA and put pressure on MLS and the league that way. But let, let's not 
let's let's move on to to the final point of this section, which is Minneapolis City. Uh, uh, they are in the U.S. Open Cup only via, via like the weird. Uh, um, I guess I can just explain it that they have another team that they were born out of that is just it's purely amateur Stegman's old boys bunch of bunch of dudes etc who play and <coughs> Stegman old Stegman's old boys is in the open cup playing under the name Minneapolis City kind of uh because Minneapolis City did not qualify through the league um anyway under that weirdness they went to Aurora Borealis FC uh, SC and uh, beat them three to two uh, with a they were, it was tied in regular time two two and then they get the winner in hundred the hundredth minute um, Kyle Eliasson who covers all things NPSL especially Minneapolis City he's gonna have a recap so go read about that it's pretty great but the other news is that there's no Midwestern teams in the next round and so they are now going to Rochester New York to the Rochester River Dogs with a Z on the end of that dogs, um, <laughs> and uh, they've traveled. This will be uh, their their. It would have been their third trip, but their first trip away uh, was forfeited uh, by the other team. Uh, so three away trips, a trip for a team like this for an excuse me an amateur team to Rochester. I mean, it's just the costs of that are unreal. I mean, U.S. soccer is so messed up, and this tournament is so messed up. We need to find a way that more money is brought into the grassroots level of these amateur teams. It's bugging yeah. me. Anyway, I don't know what else to say. They do have a GoFundMe that um, go go to the Minneapolis City Twitter feed or or Facebook page. Uh, Fifty five one has also retweeted it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, go, you know, I mean. Send them twenty bucks, uh, and yeah, hopefully, hopefully they can make something happen. I I, I looked at it finally today, and, and they had twelve hundred bucks uh, pledged so far. I think I think they're estimating they need something like ten grand, fifteen grand. So <clears throat> I don't know where where they're going to get that, but maybe maybe they'll get Travelocity to uh, to uh, back them or something. Jersey sponsor Travelocity. Yeah. <laughs> So let's uh, let's take a break. We'll come back, and we've got uh, Minnesota United versus San Jose to end the MLS season. Welcome back to the Fifty Five One Podcast. Uh, I'm Wes. I'm with Alex, uh, and you know, Fifty Five One stuff. It is the last game of MLS season, uh, the, the 2017 MLS season, Minnesota United's inaugural season comes to an end. Uh, uh, we are not going to recap the whole season here. I think that might come next week, maybe the week after. I don't know when we, I haven't looked that far forward. I've got Halloween costumes to prep for this weekend. So I, I got to take it, take it one step at a time, ladies and gentlemen. So what will you be going as? I don't know what I'm going as, to be honest. I hate Halloween, but the kids are going as Octonauts. Uh, um, Emil really wanted to go as Dashy, who you, Alex, you obviously know is the girl dog, uh, um, one of the scientists. And uh, Iris was going to go as Peso, the medic, but 
Lydia, my wife, uh, wanted to be, I, I don't know, she didn't, she was like, Emil's not going to wear a pink skirt. And I was like, well, he could just wear pink pants. I, I don't know. So she got very gender normative. And so Iris is going as Dashy and Emil's going as the medic uh, penguin peso. So what is the uh, what is the most terrifying Minnesota United themed costume that, oh. that anyone could wear? Oh my! I mean, other than Vadim Demidov. Yeah. <laughs> other than Vadim Demidov. Well, yeah. Well, Kate Sophia uh, writes and edits with Fifty Five One. Made quite famously made the sweater. She uh, she didn't knit it. I forget what you call it. She embroidered it anyway. She'll be mad at me when she hears this. Um, yep. She embroidered the first 11 of the first MLS game onto a sweater, and it basically became Final Destination, right? All these players are now dead. Uh, it's like, got, the Agatha, you know. like an Agatha Christie uh, novel. Like exactly. Each of these players is going <laughs> to knocked off in some horrible way. Um, I think there was a game recently, a couple weeks ago, where it was the first game where none of them started. Because uh, hmm. Calvo, Calvo was yeah, out. Calvo would be the. Um, and so, the yeah, there out. there were none of them, none hmm. of them out there starting. Anyway, um, so uh, that is pro- that sweater is probably the greatest, uh, you know, horror show there is. But that'll be a good uh, dark clouds <laughs> auction thing sometime in the future. Yeah, some someday. I, th- I think she'll hold on to it for a while. But <laughs> once she gets sick of looking at the name Demidov in yeah. central defense. Yeah. Um, so, uh, let's see. Minnesota, last game, are in San Jose. Uh, San Jose need to win in order to get into the playoffs. Um, I, don't, I don't really want to go through all of this game, uh, but I, I, let, me, let me just throw it to you. What are your, what are your first observations? Well, I was pretty, I mean, this game didn't matter, right? Um, I re- I enjoyed watching it. It was really dramatic. Uh, congrats to San Jose. They have qualified for the playoffs with a uh, a goal differential that is actually very close to Minnesota's. Negative um, twenty one. Yeah, just just two goals better than Minnesota. It is absolutely wild that you could get twelve more points with that kind of a goal differential. Forty six points and a negative twenty one. Anyway. It was a fun game. I, I I really enjoyed the fact that at least one of the teams had something to play for, and that you know Minnesota didn't come out and just just poop all over the field like they did last week against LA. Yeah. Um, they were playing. Some of the players, at least, were were playing really trying to trying to make a difference, trying to make an impact. Um, there was a beautiful goal by Jerry Tieson. Um, there was a a nice uh sort of Feels overdue second uh, set piece goal from Calvo, um, and there was uh, the classic Minnesota United defending that we all know and love. Uh, and uh, it was our greatest hits, man. Yeah, Marco Arana, uh, San Jose were throwing everything forward. A great play by Chris Wondolowski. He cuts it back across to Marco Arana, who has a very easy finish, and he puts San Jose into the playoffs. And the stadium was sounded pretty electric on my stream. Uh, you know, even though I was bummed about the loons screwing it up again and getting the all time most goals allowed in a season record, uh, I had to say that was pretty fun, pretty fun watch. Yeah. Um, 
I didn't, I mean, this is one of those losses that didn't particularly upset me. Um, uh, <coughs> sure, it's, it's annoying losing, uh, but, you know, you could see how much it meant to, to the San Jose fans and the players especially. I do think um, celebrating with Champagne, uh, barely getting into the playoffs uh, and with, with a, a negative, negative 21. 21. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, 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 that is like a, a little bit like, guys, you know, really? Uh, especially having to beat the worst defensive team in, in the history of MLS. Um, so... But I don't. I didn't really mind. I mean, it had all the the regular Keystone Cops. <clears throat> the first goal, Boxall and Calvo, just just do a little like Laurel and Hardy routine, um, and Danny Hosen uh, is just free on goal. Um, the second goal was uh, Boxall and Tayson, uh, and Tayson uh, just is just taking a nap. I don't know. I mean, being a new father is tough, but. I know he's not sleeping much, but Jesus, dude. Um, I didn't think, you know, Boxall was a part of both goals uh, being given up. So, uh, (coughs) I don't know. That that stuff is is frustrating, but um, what what are you going to do? I think think what what my real takeaway from it was um, (coughs) jumping, and this is jumping way forward, was reading the uh, the match report by Meg Ryan where she was out there reporting um, for the Star Tribune and she wrote the team did not make Tiason available for comment post game at Heath's at Heath's request with the coach saying he was quote fed up end quote with the left back <coughs> excuse me um this is uh, you know after last week he hung out Ramirez and a bunch of the attackers to dry. Molino too, I think. Um, it's end of the season. You've got nothing to play for. You are playing for next year. Why are you ripping to shreds your players when all you're doing is now finishing your season on this note of tearing them down? Like, not getting them amped up for 2018. Not moving in... You're not moving in a positive direction. And now... Every player except for Calvo, I believe, has basically been taken through the ringer. So, I don't know. I mean, this whole season, you know, you and I, whenever people ask us, like, how can you tell if this is a successful season? We've always said things like, well, you know, I want to know that we're moving somewhere positively, right? If I take all of these post-game comments at face value which I should not because we do have to recognize that there is performance going on here. <clears throat> if I took it at face value, we literally are starting, need to start from scratch next year. Um, and so what have we been building if we're taking all these players and being like, well, you're shit. I mean, saying things like I'm fed up with him. I'm not going to let him talk to the reporters. That's that is after he scores an incredible goal. <clears throat> I mean, why not? Like on a game like this, it's so easy, you know. He's talking. Uh, Heath is talking about how angry he is about how we. And actually, the players were doing this too about how mad they were. Why not just be like, you know what? It wasn't our day. I'm frustrated, but you got to hand it to San Jose, right? Just, just deflect. Uh, it's the end of the season. It didn't matter for us. Just d- diffuse the situation. You don't have to every time point negativity. 
to the players. And it's always to the players, by the way. Yeah. Uh, it's like the anti-Jose uh, Mourinho. Well, it's Jose like, does call out his players, though. But he, yeah. but he always picks – he usually <laughs> picks fights with someone else, the referee right. or the press or something. Yes. Right? I mean, he, he takes so much grief on behalf of his players. Yeah, I don't get it. Um, and and we, we've talked about it way too much on this podcast, but it's only because it just keeps on happening, right? I mean, yeah. it's it, once once this, the playoffs were lost, then you just need to <coughs> manage your team and start thinking about what is the best way to work with these guys to get them to go. Yes, Tayson has given up way too many goals by someone... Uh, Coming to the far far post. That I, I, I am fed up with that. Yes, you don't necessarily need to do that in public, and ref, you know, yeah, it just seems so weird. I don't. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, uh, I don't. I expect Adrian Heath will manage this team next year. I, I've seen nothing to suggest that he won't, and I don't like how he was handled with Orlando, where they canned him after half a season in his second year. I don't want to be that kind of team that pulls the plug really early on stuff. At the same time, I just, I don't know. I don't think he's a, he's a, probably a fine manager. He's not a great manager. Do I think we're going to win MLS Cup with Adrian Heath <laughs> as manager? No, I don't think we are. I don't think, I don't naturally trust his tactical decisions you know i remember early in the season or before the season started you had jamie watson on the podcast and he sort of raved about how simple but how effective adrian he's sort of management of the attack is and how everyone always has an option and then i was watching that game and i took a screenshot like 20 or so minutes in where jerry uh, birch had the ball i guess on up the right side and Ethan Finley is making a run, and there's nobody moving into the space that Finley's vacated. Like Molino doing nothing, doing absolutely nothing in the center of the field. Ibsen trailing behind the play. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I, I have not liked the tactics this year. And then you, you talk about sort of what, you know, what are we doing in these final two games? We know we're out of the playoffs. Why, you know, why is... I don't know. Is Mela Joam getting another run out? Why isn't Colin Martin getting more starts? What, what we know, what about Pat McLean? What about Alex Cap? You know, uh, there's nothing riding on these games. You know, in fact, if we lose them, maybe we get a better super draft pick. <laughs> you know, but put out, I don't know, put out some. Uh, well, like, I mean, we have. This is, this is what I asked before, like early earlier in the year, like like a couple months ago, like. What is the plan, right? What's the long-term plan? How did our long-term plan get advanced from the game in L.A. and the game in San Jose? I don't see it. I don't really understand where we are and where we're going to be next year. I don't understand what kind of formation Heath wants us to play. I don't – it's just a lot that I don't understand, and I, I'm worried that I don't understand it because it's not there. It's possible I don't understand it because I'm an idiot, but it may not be there, and that's what worries me. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll get more into to that kind of general uh, 
season recap stuff uh maybe uh whenever we do that that uh episode um yeah i, I don't i don't know what else to say about this game tson's goal was was fantastic uh um it was great to see calvo uh get another was his other goal in the season a header i'm trying to remember i don't think it was <coughs> it was um, fine it was it was, a, it was i think a, it was off a set piece though i thought oh, okay um yes i because I, I thought that he was going to have like five goals this year from from headed set pieces but he missed quite a bit but um yeah look uh the the, the season is over for us now now we can think about all these other weird stories that will start coming out eventually um meaning just to, I don't know of any specific weird stories I'm just saying off-season craziness will begin but we also have just general MLS playoffs um and that starts like right now basically this week the 25th uh is the first game so that'd be Wednesday and Thursday this week <coughs> um I don't know if any of these interest you Chicago New York Red Bulls uh on on Wednesday Vancouver San Jose also on Wednesday Atlanta Columbus on Thursday Houston Sporting KC uh, also on Thursday. Any any of these interest you? Well, the the Vancouver San Jose game is going to be an ugly game of soccer. Um, I think the the most exciting game is it is probably either that first one, the Chicago Red Bulls game, because even though the Red Bulls haven't been that good this year, or well, they haven't been great this year, we'll say. I, I really like the way they play. I was so impressed by the way they played us. I thought that they were the best team we played this year, the, the team that played the best against us, I should say. Um, I think that the Atlanta game will be rocking because Atlanta have had such great crowds. And Houston-Kansas City is a great rivalry, and you've got a team that scores a lot at home versus a team that you know has a very good defense, even though Kansas City has been bad away. I think there's some good storylines it's that first game to me that I love watching the Red Bulls play and Chicago have been decent this year. So I'm actually really excited about that game. Yeah. I'll I'll just echo you there. I mean, the, the two earlier games are Chicago uh, Red Bulls on uh, at seven, seven 30 central on Wednesday. That's going to be exciting. Atlanta Columbus. uh, I, I just hope that Atlanta have a good pre-court TIFO. Um, uh, That would be funny. I want um, Columbus to win so they get a home game, and then we can see what really happens. Oh God, that would be so beautiful! Wouldn't that? that I mean, well, no one that, might show up. But that it also might be a huge protest. It'd be interesting. That and I want Atlanta to lose. Atlanta <laughs> to lose. So, um, yeah, you know, actually, I, I want to go back to a Minnesota thing. I just remembered this question I wanted to ask you. Um, you were talking about uh, Heath and how long he stays. Who's who's the the your favorite best manager in MLS right now? Uh, I th- I like Jesse Marsh. So if Jesse Marsh was named manager of Minnesota United, uh, so Heath gets fired tomorrow. Jesse Marsh is hired tomorrow. Um, weirdly, before the playoffs end, but um, wh- how how would Minnesota United do? Let's say, yeah, I won't even say how, who what kind of lineup they have, but just imagine that the only difference is Jesse Marsh comes in and then he brings in whatever players they would bring in. How would they do next year? I just think it'd be less frustrating for me personally, tactically. Okay. I mean, I thought that when Minnesota were set up well, and I, I you know, I, 
I don't know. It just seemed that when we were set up sort of properly without anything really dumb going on, we did fine. We weren't a great team, but we we held our own in enough games. It was just, I mean, like stuff like that Kevin Molino as number 10 thing drives me nuts. It drives me nuts all year long. And I don't think, I think Jesse Marsh would have spared that uh, so, for me. I mean, because I think that I I predicted this the this team would finish in eighth, they finished in ninth. Um, I predicted Christian would get fourteen to sixteen goals. He got fourteen. So I'm a genius, is what I'm trying to say. But uh, you know, part of me was like, I think maybe Minnesota will just barely miss out on the playoffs. I was thinking like I had real hope in like the Vadim Demidovs, the the Bashkim Kadri's, right? I mean, every everyone. Who was listening to those podcasts knows how much I was excited about the, Josh Gatt, a man. Um, and now I think my uh, hopes are tempered in that um, I I just don't know. I'm trying to imagine a way that we are a solid playoff team next year. I don't even know if Jesse Marsh comes in. We're ready to be that team. Um. You know, and and so as much as I do have, I do have a lot of reservations about Heath. Um, I'm very annoyed at some of the things that, uh, particularly what we just talked about with all the media stuff. Um, but I also don't. I I think even if Jesse Marsh comes in, the team is still finishes fifth, sixth. You know. I, you know what what has bugged me is uh, number one, like the lack of tactical identity throughout the year. And the the thing that the other thing which doesn't really bug me but it worries me is that I don't think that the signings we made during the summer when we had all this extra time, you know, to sort of judge the team and really figure out what was going on and more time to scout and all that kind of stuff. Signings we made this summer did nothing. Hey, um Alex, I want to say a name to you. And I uh, just want to Let's see what it means to you. Jose Leyton. Who? Exactly. Brandon Allen. Who? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, let's, let's, uh, let's just kind of maybe call it a day. We've got those MLF playoffs. I didn't actually do a Twitter call for questions this week. I was busy. I was on a plane. Um, but uh, let's just call it quits so I can go actually get some sleep. Um but we will be back soon to talk thing these things with you people uh and we'll start to do our season reviews. I want to hear some more feedback from people on on uh on what they think. Um uh but anyway, thank you Alex. Yeah. And thank you. uh we will be back soon uh to talk MLS playoffs and season review. So, take care everyone.